Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. We've got a great show planned for you. Now, Sasha, you've been using a cloud-ready notebook for yeah. some time now. Now, this is its a computer laptop. Like yeah. It used to have Windows on it, but you installed... Yes, cloud ready. ready from Neverwhere, and it's and it's perfect. It's been great. It turns it into a Chromebook. Yeah, which is amazing. Like repurpose old hardware, but the problem that you run into is what happens when you have the cloud as your laptop, but then you lose access to the internet or otherwise don't have access to it. How do you edit your files? Good question. So this week I'm going to show you how we can in fact turn that into something that has offline access to all of your files, we'll say, files, all your docs, yeah. all of your spreadsheets, and all of your presentations. Also, we've got some new tablets, yeah. e-paper-wise, from, uh, from New Yes, and we're going to be showing you what's different about their new e-paper. So, stick around. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> I want to, oh no, I don't know what's happening over here. I wanted to say kudos to Titan and Titan Pie because this has been running our Titan chat server for the past many weeks and they've been doing such a with yeah, no fail it's exactly. been running fantastically and so what you see over here all this is done on a raspberry pi using titan pi and luckily the chat <laughs> our chat room would never post anything embarrassing never ever never ever i was about to promote titan pi but that is there there's the i guess the uh the faces of Titan Pie. Oh, this is better. More timer. There you go. Hey, everybody. It's nice to see you. It's nice to have you here for episode number 610 of Category 5 Technology TV. I do appreciate the custom artwork as opposed to the face swap of Sasha and I. Yeah. Although I do like yeah. having hair. That's kind of nice. You're very short. I'm <laughs> very short. <laughs> but I've got hair, so it's a toss-up I am willing to take. I don't know if I'm willing to sacrifice <laughs> my hair for a little height, however. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. This well, is going to be quite the show if I the chat room so. is going to be like this for us. You guys are feisty so, tonight. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> to see everybody. And, um, well, before we jump into it, I want to remind you to visit our YouTube channel and make sure you click on subscribe and also that bell to be able to receive the notifications like Noman5 who said that, uh, well, the bell was what alerted them to the fact that we were live tonight perfect absolutely ideal that's how it works you yeah. click the bell you get the notification exactly not only know. not only when we're live but also anytime we post new videos exactly so all those fun exciting behind the scenes that we post you're only going to get those if you click the bell mm -hmm. yeah um, cbs has started um teasing i get i i won't say 
ex- the, like sharing with us the details, but definitely teasing the new Star Trek Picard series. What a stupid name. Star Trek Picard. They could have well, done something with that. It's my opinion. I feel like they're obviously marketing to a very specific <laughs> audience. We have a character. His name is Picard. What are if we going to show like this? Him, what are we going to call this show? Watch this. What are we going to call this show? Oh, I have an idea. It's like when we call the new the newsroom the Sasha show. I mean, right. it just that's tongue in cheek, but this is real life. Right. This is CBS calling a show Star Picard. Trek Picard. So there were like 12 people around a table and they were all very serious and they were drinking their coffees and they were like, you know, showing up early and everything. And there was probably a flipboard or some sort of device. And they were going through some options <laughs> and they settled on Picard. Star Trek? But wait a minute. Picard. Isn't he the lead character? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess... I guess that makes sense then. I guess we could call it. But it's Star worked Trek. in the past. Like there's a show that I I think is great, but yes. the, this hour has 22 minutes. Yeah. That's a ridiculous name for a show. It's true though, and it's, it works. That's fun. So this is obviously only going to be about Picard. Nobody else will be in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in fact, we have heard rumor that some of the Star Trek The Next Generation alumni are going to be at least making cameo performances. So um, d- one of the ones that I'm excited about is Brent Spiner reprising his role as Data. Which is surprising because the problem that they ran into with Data, Mm -hmm. the android, is that Brent Spiner, the actor, ages like the rest of us. But how how can an android age? Androids don't age. Are they going to use that technology that they use? It's kind of like a deep fake. Yeah. But that de-ages. Exactly. I'm, I'm sure that there'll be some sort of filter or video enhancement or incredible yeah. makeup jobs or something i've seen this them. done where they've de-aged using technology using cgi right the actor In so could that case, be done why wouldn't you sign up for that of yeah course. but then we need star trek data Wait, will Wesley Crusher be in it? I liked him. Not that I've heard. I don't think we'll Wesley Crusher is welcome in any of the. <laughs> is he not? <laughs> he kind of. Well, he kind of burned some bridges, Sash. Did he? I don't know. He I kind of did. Much, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I did like him. Huh? Yeah, yeah. He was a good, good will character. Wheaton? Yeah, I will we? Yeah. Maybe burn some bridges. Well. But um, so okay. So name aside, we do know that it's happening. Mm-hmm. We do know that it is starring Sir Patrick Stewart, and so that is exciting. Right. Do we know where we'll watch it? Like, well, I'm thinking we're probably going to have to set up a big screen TV here, maybe like a maybe a pull down screen with a yes. projector, um, something 16K or something like that. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that aside, we don't really know a lot about the show. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the trailer, get on YouTube, do a search for Star Trek Picard, and just be like, okay, well, I still don't know anything, except we do learn in the trailer that Captain Picard has left Starfleet. Oh. So the question becomes, what could for- possibly cause Jean-Luc Picard 
to leave Star Trek. So, uh, Starfleet. Starfleet. Okay, so he's left Starfleet, but he still has the Enterprise? Like, he still... No. So what, He's working the vineyard. He's working the family vineyard on Earth. I don't even know what's happening of late. Nobody does. We don't really know what's going on. So, um, we've also learned that Alison Pill is going to be playing uh, a character within the cast. That's all we really know. And if you remember, um, she actually played the daughter of Stephen Carell in Dan... Was it called Dan the, uh, in the Real Life? Dan, Dan in, in real, real life. life. Dan in real life. Yes. Um, Harry Treadway is from The Crown. He's also going to be uh, cast within That'll the great, Picard actually. episode uh, series as well. Um, there is a good chance that we're going to have to wait for at least a few months before we know more kind of... When is it due? Information about it. Do, do, do. All we know is that sometime this year. So later this year... Where are we in That's this what year? we know. Okay, we're not even halfway yet. Yeah. So it'll probably be fall, winter season of 2019. Right. When they say sometime in this year, they mean November. Probably. Yeah. And it's only going to be <laughs> 10, 10 episodes as far as I understand it. But there is, uh, there is some good news. Mm-hmm. That's that it is going to be accessible to us fans. You don't necessarily, pardon me, have to subscribe to all kinds of cbs services in order to gain access to star trek picard uh if you have amazon prime it's going to be on there um yeah um here in canada it's going to be available through bell media it's going to be on a few different channels um but of course having amazon prime is going to be a big plus for american viewers Uh, of course cbs all access is going to have it as well all these details are going to be coming to light over mm-hmm. the next probably couple of months, we're going to start to learn about what's going on with Star Trek Picard. Comment below what you think a better name would be <laughs> for this show. Uh, it didn't take long, and I was laughing, and I was showing you know memes to my wife of Other. things that have been posted on Twitter. And, of course, Whoa. the best, the absolute best, was Star Trek Picardo. Oh, yeah. Robert Picardo, the holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager. That was absolutely <laughs> genius. But okay, they were taking they didn't it say to every level. Star Trek, the captain's log. Oh. <laughs> see? They you didn't never do that. see bathrooms in Star Trek. They never, they never did that. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got to get into the show. This week, uh, we are going to be looking at what it takes to gain access to our Google Drive files, if you will, Mm -hmm. our Google Docs, our Google Sheets, our Google, uh, what are they called, Um, presentations, PowerPoint, right? Impress. I'm thinking about all these different words that are not related to Google. What do they call it? Slides. Slides. They call it slides. Google Slides. It's it's Why can't we just pick one and stick with it? My life is Google Slides. Let's call it Google PowerPoint from here on. Yeah. No, it's sli- Google Slides, Is and it? then I and then I go to school, and I'm like, "Y'all got slides?" <laughs> and they're like, "Huh?" Uh, let me teach I, I, you. When I hear slides, I think about like a like a microscope. You're wrong. It's the best ever. Google okay. Slides. That is my. They're like my homeboy. But I you're like you're on a what we'll call a pseudo Chromebook. Right. This is a cloud ready. Yes. Home brew, custom made. Chromebook. Yes. That you built. I built it. Well, yeah, I built it. I mean, you took what was, I'm looking at the stickers here, a Windows 7 computer. Yes. And turned it into a Chromebook using Cloud Ready. 
Exactly. From Neverwhere. And it's perfect. It's and really great. I had to but learn. But it's not perfect, is it? You had to learn. I had to learn a little bit of the ins and outs sure. about... Different you know, OS. Yeah. You but can't install Photoshop. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but here's where it's not necessarily perfect, Sasha. What happens if you don't have internet with a cloud book? I panic. With a cloud-ready Chromebook. Well, right? then I panic. You don't have access to your stuff. Right. So what happens? I think... <laughs> I hyperventilate. I think that... Chromebooks have really got it going on when it comes to the ability to take your content from computer to computer and access it. Right. So if I was on your Chromebook and I logged in as me, it's going to connect out to the Google Cloud servers mm -hmm. and I have access to all of my documents, all of my sheets, all of my slides, aka PowerPoint a.k.a. Impress, right? Yes. And then I come over to my Chromebook and I log in as myself and I have access to those exact same things mm -hmm. without having to transfer anything on a USB flash drive or through a network. It's all in the cloud. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Yes. Fantastic for people going to and from school and things like that. But what happens if you don't have internet? You have zero, not okay, zero access <laughs> to your files right if you can call them files they're not really files here's here's the like slightly princessy thing about me is i've never not had internet like i don't even know like i would panic but what i if wouldn't you were have gonna, access what if you're gonna I, go visit the cottage i guess let's I, just put that out as a and i can use that as a example because when i go to the cottage there's probably not internet right we're in the middle so of the then, woods so what if you go to the proverbial cottage? Where is your cottage? It could be just anywhere where you don't have internet access, which is a brilliant place to be. I think that's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. Well, lo and behold, today we're going to learn how to set it up so that even if you don't have internet access, you can still access all your documents, Okay. all your PowerPoint Slides. slides slides all your excel sheets i have to drop these names in because if you say well what are sheets it's ex it's like it's the excel. online version of excel it's right so what do you say word docs spreadsheets word docs you can just say docs. yeah word documents but docs docs google docs is pretty self-explanatory when they get into sheets and slides it's like what are slides right yeah yeah. Google presentation or whatever that one is. I don't even, I, I've never even dabbled in it. I don't know. Okay. I don't know well, we but won't dabble in But we're not going to dabble tonight. in that one. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, uh, so let's actually jump onto my computer and we want to learn what it takes in order to get my computer to be able to communicate with my drive account without internet connectivity. Okay. And I think you'll be surprised how easy this is. So this takes the Chromebook, takes the, uh, the cloud-ready notebook into a whole new realm. But also, now here I'm using Linux Mint. But as long as you have Google Chrome right. and a Google Drive account, which, let's face it, everybody these days has a Google Drive account, especially if you're using uh, Google for your email. Let's jump over to my computer here. And I'm going to go to Drive drive.google.com. Uh, 
I've gotten so used to typing on a ergonomic keyboard because of my ulnar nerve entrapment that right. typing on a laptop feels really, really weird tonight. <laughs> so here I am in my drive. So I've got access to, for example, the show notes from tonight's show. So here's how we do things around here. So we type it out into Google Docs. Well, I want to be able to access that if I'm sitting at my cottage, if I'm sitting anywhere, mm-hmm. have access to it. So what I want to do is I want to click on this gear icon here while I'm in drive and click on settings. And in settings, look at this. We've got offline, create, open, and edit your recent Google Docs, sheets, and slides files from this device while offline. The Google Docs offline extension will be added to Chrome. So I'm going to click on that, and it's going to tell me that I need this extension. Uh, We need to install Google Docs offline in my Chrome browser. So do keep in mind, I have to be using Chrome here. I can't be using Firefox. (laughs) I can't be using Edge. No. And would you? Would you? Uh, Yeah, okay. So install this in Chrome. All right, so we're going to get into the extension here, and it's going to show me. Okay, there it is. Google Docs offline, add to Chrome. Do you want to add this extension? Yeah. Add that extension. There we go. That was quick. Could it be that simple? Well, let's see. Let's jump back to my drive. I'm going to close out of extensions here. And here, now I'm going to click on offline again. Click that checkbox now that I've got the extension installed. And you see down at the bottom left there, it says setting up offline. So there's nothing else that I'm needing to do, I can just I can click on done. I can bring back up my document. I can see what's going on here, and it's it's doing its thing in the background. It's kind of syncing the most recently edited files to my laptop. So it's important along that vein. See how it's setting up offline still. So if you look at the storage on my left hand side here, mm-hmm. what I notice is that I'm using 58.5 gigabytes of my 230 gigabyte quota. So Worst case scenario, if this was to sync my entire drive, it's going to require 58 gigs of my hard drive. Right. So I need to probably make sure that I have somewhere close to as much drive space left on my laptop as I do uh, you know, for the synchronization to take place. But um, it's not going to take up that full amount of space necessarily. It's going to be the most recent files. Or right. you can, in fact, open a file. Looking at today's episode again, I can actually click File, once it's loaded here, File, and I can specify, make available offline. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. So this particular file, if I click on that, it will ensure that this file is available offline. So regardless of whether I edit it today or tomorrow or if it's going to get bumped off the list, if I have it specified that it is available o- offline, it will always be available offline for me. Okay. Which is pretty handy if you've got a file that you refer to re- uh, quite frequently, but you don't necessarily edit quite this frequently. This is excellent. This okay. is very, very helpful for your Chromebook. Yes. I do have a question that yes. perhaps might be outside of your ability to answer. I like those. Okay. <laughs> if I have a shared document, I understand that obviously if I'm working offline, mm-hmm. any of the edits I make obviously aren't going to show up in the shared person's document. But if they're making changes and I'm making changs, whose changes reign supreme? Time? Obviously yours. Thank right? you. Right? 
I would hope so, but I, I do right want Right answer, to... gentlemen. That's <laughs> right? So That's an interesting question. That would be a good uh like a death match Google Drive right. shared file kind I'll of thing. Change the sentence and you change the same sentence and it, then we'll both get back online and see who <laughs> wins. Presumably though, as soon as I get online it's going to synchronize and it's going to try to reconcile those differences. Right. But yeah, that's an interesting question that you're right i don't necessarily know the answer off the top of my head but that's something we could try right we could definitely try that for today's demonstration i'm thinking of this from the perspective sasha of these are your files you're editing them exactly these are my files i'm editing them i just want to have access to them so for example if i'm writing a novel or a short story or a technical documentation and I go away to the cottage and I have no internet, I can keep working on it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I don't have to be concerned about the need for internet to be able to work on my documents. I can do that. But plus, because it's in the cloud, so as soon as I do synchronize to the internet, it's now backed up. It's got, there are copies that now it's in the cloud and I can copy that to my backup. So, you know, that's pretty brilliant. So that dialogue that said that it was syncing to my system is now gone, Mm -hmm. which presumably means it is complete. So this is what things look like now. That dialogue is gone. And so we're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to, in fact, take away my Internet connectivity. You've seen me bring up that episode document. I want to see what happens if we completely kill the internet here and see uh, what it takes to edit that document. A test run. Yeah. Stick around. For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cap5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cap5.tv shirts. All right, before the break, we were looking at how to activate offline access to our Google Drive, which is docs, sheets, slides, slides. It's going to take some getting used to, even still. (laughs) Now, before I disconnect my internet, there's one final thing, Sasha, that I really want to do. Okay. I have, now I've got Linux Mint. You do not. You've got cloud ready. Correct. On Linux Mint, I've got LibreOffice Writer. I've got LibreOffice Calc. I've got LibreOffice Impress. Mm -hmm. So those are great for editing files. But as I said, this is not quite files. These are cloud-based. You know, they're they're files, but they're in the cloud. Right. I don't necessarily have direct access to the files themselves unless I download them, sync them to a backup, something Mm -hmm. like that. In this instance, though, I want, to turn, I want to make it so that I can open my editors from my computer quite easily. So the best way for me to do that before we turn off my internet, so this is the final step before we disconnect my internet, I'm going to create a new tab, and I'm just going to go to docs.google.com, just like that. 
This is going to take me to Google Docs, which has access to templates, my most recently opened stuff, all that kind of things. Um, and I'm going to click on these three dots up at the top right, which are my menu for Google Chrome, and click on More Tools and Create Shortcut. It's going to ask me what I want the shortcut to be, and I'm going to call it Google Docs, just by default. So now it doesn't look like it did anything, but if I minimize this, you're going to see that on my desktop there is now a link for Google Docs. And if I click on that, it's going to actually launch Google Docs, just like I just had up. So, looking at my desktop again, you see the icons that are there. Let's jump back to my Google Chrome, and let's now go to sheets.google.com, which is your Excel equivalent. And I'm going to do exactly the same task. And you notice that I'm doing this because I don't have to install um, any of the additional stuff to be able to gain access to these offline. I don't have to install like the offline backup service or anything like that. Now if I minimize, I've got Google Sheets. Right. See that? And now the final one is called what? Slides. Slides.google.com. Again, I have not disconnected my internet yet. These are all accessible. I don't use slides, as you <laughs> Clearly see. Clearly not. The kids send me their Christmas lists and annoying orange. Annoying yes. orange. More tools, create shortcut. And I want to do it from right here where no files are open so that I can easily open files or I can create new files within that application. So now I'm going to close out of everything. And now I see I've got Google Docs, Google Sheets, and Google Slides. So now, if I double-click on Google Docs on my desktop, it brings up Chrome, and it brings up Google Docs. So I can now create a new blank document, and I can get started just as if right. I was using Microsoft Word, for example. Right? It's a very similar kind of experience to me. But you're However, still online. But I'm still online. That's the thing. What but is remember, it look like? before the break, yes. we enabled offline access. Yes. Could it be possible? I want to know. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. We're doing this live. And so presumably everything is going to work flawlessly as it always does when we are live. <laughs> uh, thanks, Sasha. Okay. I'm going to turn off my wireless network interface. So now I have no internet connectivity on my laptop. I'm going to bring up Chrome. And you'll notice no internet when it tries to access my site. If I go to any site, it's going to give me the same thing. Google.com. No internet. It just quickly, no internet. But what happens now if I click on one of these links on the desktop that I created? Google Docs. What the heck? Oh. What? Come on now. I like it. Right? Am I right? Okay so I've got a list of all of the most recent documents. So here's the, the one that we just created today for today's show. And there's the file. Beautiful. I can resume editing this file. And this is, in fact, offline as I edit it. So if I make any changes, it's just, there we go. All changes saved offline. Offline changes will be synced when you go back online, it says. Okay? Yeah, so these changes are not going to be appearing to anyone else right now. Right. But remember, the scenario is, okay, so I'm writing at the cottage. I'm carrying on, and then I get to the library in town, and I've got access to the internet, so suddenly I can sync those changes back to my Google Drive account. 
Right. Right. But I can keep working. I don't have to have internet in order to use these internet tools. So now let's turn back on our internet. Turn back on Wi-Fi. It's going to automatically connect. And we're going to see things are going to change here because now that I've connected, saving automatically, just like that, all changes saved in Drive instantaneously. Just like that. So now these changes, so if I go to drive.google.com and then open up that document again, Number 610 is the episode that you're watching live right now or on demand if you're watching after the fact. And if I click on that file, there's my test that Perfect. I typed while I was offline, right? So what we've accomplished is we've taken now your Chromebook, which mm -hmm. is a free distribution of Linux available from Neverware.com. Yes. And that software now has converted your old laptop into a screaming fast Chromebook. Exactly. It's lightweight. It does a great job. But you now have offline access to those documents. You even have offline access to docs, calc. Calc, I say, but sheets right. and slides, slides. right? So yeah. you have access to those three applications offline, even without having to install anything or, I mean, you needed to act, allow it to activate the plugin, the can extension. You, can you op open and start a new document? Well, let's give it a try. So okay. let's jump back to my laptop okay. here. I'm going to close everything, Sasha, just okay. to answer your question. As, and then get offline. Yeah. So let's turn off my internet. Okay. And then start a whole new... We all know that I don't use slides, so okay. I'm going to bring that up. I'm offline. I have no internet connectivity right now. And just to prove that, I'm going to go google.com. No, no internet. internet. Okay? okay. Now, one of the things you're going to notice here is that these have not yet synced because I have not been online long enough for it to sync these files, or they have not been marked as save for offline use, or they have not been opened or edited in a time frame that Google has determined is something okay. that I need access to offline. Right. So remember that. It's not using all of the space of your hard drive based on how much drive space you have on Google Drive. It's only going to give you remote access um, offline to files that you that it need deems, to be able to edit. It deems that you think will be necessary. Yeah. My kid's Christmas list from 2018 it's figured out that I probably don't need to be able to access that offline because I haven't opened it since then July because <laughs> I finished my Christmas shopping early, right? <laughs> Presumably. So let's try it. Let's okay, um, so down in the right bottom right hand. Thank corner. you, Sasha. I was going to okay. say, how the heck do you create a slide? But there you go. So create a new slide uh, presentation. Sasha's test slide. There you go. So there, there you go. Okay. So Can you're you, creating slides. Like layouts and such. Well, I, I would imagine okay. so. So how do you get there? So, okay. Wait. Sasha's taking control here, folks. Layouts. Layouts. Let's see. Okay. So you All have, right. okay. But themes don't look like you can do a theme. So themes are grayed out. Themes right. are grayed out. Yep. Let's see. Change background. Okay. So you can do all that. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. You just can't you can't apply a theme, but you can create your own theme. But you could 
apply the theme online and then continue editing it offline. Yes, or presumably. exactly. You That's could create it all and then later when you're right. online, apply a theme. So if I go online, Sasha, am I going to suddenly have access to these mystical themes? So I'm going to go online. I've just turned on my wireless adapter. And what happens here? So connection established. And what you happens? Theme. There we go. I now have access to themes. That's how I make all of my stuff look pretty. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's all there is to it, folks. Um, of course, Google Drive is available for any Gmail user or Google user. Um, it's free, but if you need to use a lot of space, you do have to pay a little bit. Even with the amount of space that I use, it only costs me like five bucks a month yeah, to use it. Plus, I have full email service and everything else, mm -hmm. calendar. It's like brilliant. It. It's affordable, and uh, it works very, very well. And now we've got available access to it offline as well. Cool. Very cool. We do have to head over to the newsroom. I know you've got your news stories all queued up and ready to go. That I do. All set. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Chinese-made drones from DJI have the U.S. government expressing strong concerns that they pose a threat to national security. A 17-year-old Australian boy accused of hacking Apple twice in an effort to get a job has pled guilty to multiple computer hacking charges. Nintendo wants to transform sleep into entertainment, and Samsung is taking deep fakes to a new level. Their AI technology can create a video of anyone with a single photograph. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Category 5.TV Newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. well, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Chinese-made drones from DJI have the U.S. government expressing strong concerns that they pose a threat to national security. According to the Department of Homeland Security, drones from China, therefore meaning DJI, the world's largest consumer drone manufacturer, contain components that can compromise your data and share your information on a server accessed beyond the company itself. The memo continued, the United States government has strong concerns about any technology product that takes American data into the territory of an authoritarian state that permits its intelligence services to have unfettered access to that data or otherwise abuses the access. This latest snippet is consistent with the nation's stance against Huawei, another Chinese tech giant which has just secured a 90-day reprieve from the latest ban efforts. Hmm. So, DJI make great drones. Yeah, which they I, do. It, 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 it's such a weird situation because you think 
are we conditioned to think they build great drones? Right. Is there legitimacy in the concern that the U.S. government expresses toward their product? Or is that just... Is it just another wall? Yeah. Could it just be like, hmm, we're not really friends with China right now. Yeah. So maybe don't like their drones. Yeah. What about if we trusted them? China? Yeah. What if we trusted DJI? What if, like, yeah. I What's guess what it comes down to is this. Mm-hmm. So you've got a drone, or uh, for, for lack of a better term, I mean, drone has become synonymous with quadcopter. Right. right. So, uh, so you have a quadcopter that has a built-in camera. Mm-hmm. And what does it have? It has a GPS. Yes. And so the drone is able to track its position. Mm-hmm. So the data of its longitude, latitude, its elevation. Yes. As well as the video from the camera. This is all recorded by the drone. The yes. information for longitude, latitude, and elevation is able to be transmitted to the app, which means it goes through the servers of the manufacturer, which are presumably in China and thereabouts. So, you know, that is part of where the problem stems from. What is the data being used for is the question. I, I, like, I honestly, I don't know that they really, I don't, I'm just thinking they don't probably care that much. Like, they're probably not. DJI? Yeah. Yeah. I would just assume that they're not like, hey, let's target North America by giving them these really awesome drones and then taking their information and using it against them. It sounds like like a really good episode of Dark Mirror, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it makes you think like sci-fi wise, that would make a really good premise for a a book or a show. Right. What I think maybe the U.S. could do if they're really that concerned is come up with a really good drone <laughs> at a super Which great price point. Which incidentally would be manufactured in China. It could perhaps yeah. sell it to the Chinese people. Yeah. You know? Maybe, maybe it would be good just to, to understand the inner workings of the, mm-hmm. the drone. What packets are being sent? What is being transmitted? What is being collected? And what is being stored? Right. Maybe that's what it boils down to. I can understand the fear because if you really wanted to use it for bad, you could. Sure. Right? It's the same as like the fear of getting your DNA tested or your fear of having like a a, a home device of some sort. A wise cam. Right. The wise cam comes to mind where I have a uh, a little cheap camera. I, I don't have one on the set, unfortunately. But a wise cam, like for 20 bucks, I can have a surveillance camera in my house. Mm-hmm. And it's uploading to the cloud. Right. Well, where does that data go? But it comes down to common sense where I, as a c- civilian, say, I'm not going to put this in my bedroom. Right. I don't put this in my bathroom. Like, don't be dumb. Right? So. Right. <clears throat> but is it the consumer's responsibility to say, well, I'm not going to fly over military facilities with a DJI drone? Yeah, but they may. It's but the they same. May. Well, and so the shoot thing down is, their drone. Last week we talked about WhatsApp and and the fact that there um, journal there are journalists and there are people yeah. who need to keep their location and their information very private for their mm-hmm. own safety and security, mm-hmm. and that was being exploited sure so there are concerns yeah i just don't think that the chinese 
government is caring too much about the long <laughs> the positions of drones exactly of consumer drones i at that. suspect their attentions are somewhere else i'm just picturing um, i i mean i know it's a little tongue-in-cheek because we don't know all the facts folks no. i mean sasha can make presumptions and i can make presumptions but let's just think about like you remember 24 with jack bauer yeah and like that kind of set so position close your eyes and imagine that set where they've right. got computers everywhere right and all the devices monitoring everything and oh somebody's flying their drone over the field of this school or they're taking yeah. a video of of uh, uh, a real estate yeah a home that they're selling on the water you know let's let's download that yeah. I'm, sh I'm sure there are shady reasons to have drones, but most people who have drones that are consumers are not doing anything other than flying around a, yeah. a county park and exactly. <laughs> you know, doing or some real estate videos. Or using them for like real estate or like to measure the dimensions of someone's roof to roof their house. I used mine to cool. get up over the roof so because my house is very tall right much taller than me sasha and, oh. and that means it's that means significantly taller than you ta yeah i, I yeah. wouldn't need a drone or a really big <laughs> so ladder. i got my drone up top yeah to be able to look down at the at the eaves trough to see, to see if the leaves had clogged my eaves or if i needed to get somebody in to get up on the roof to to clean them out right right see? there's so, hey chinese government you want some of that action <laughs> you know yeah. Maybe I should upload it to, to some Chinese website and mm -hmm. see what, what happens with that data. I honestly just think, like, last thought, if the U.S. is mm. that concerned, come up with a really great drone for us. And yeah. then we won't buy a DJA while we'll Bring buy it one on. for you. you Bring know? it on. <laughs> <laughs> a 17-year-old Australian boy accused of hacking Apple twice in an effort to get a job has pled guilty to multiple computer hacking charges. The teenager hacked into Apple's mainframe in December 2015 and then once more in early 2017 to download internal documents and data. The FBI eventually discovered the incident and reported it to the Australian Federal Police. According to the Australian court, the teen said that he had committed the hack because he had heard of a person in Europe that had also hacked Apple, but ended up getting a job out of it. Given that the teen was only 13 when he first hacked Apple, the magistrate accepted the defense's argument that he had, quote, no idea about the seriousness of the offense, end quote. The magistrate noted that the teen has since been using his computer skills for good at school, as per his classmates and teachers. Apple has confirmed that no customer information was accessed by the teenager and it didn't incur any losses during the hacking. The magistrate did not convict the boy, instead opting to giving him a $500 Australian dollar good behavior bond for nine months. So. Word to the wise. <laughs> you won't, don't plan to get a job by hacking a company. Right. Yeah. I am hoping, and I don't know what he did or how he hacked in, or, but I would, if I were a really great hack, a really great hacker and really interested in working if for... If I were a hacker, I would just add myself as an employee. There you go. And then just right? show up. Like, like in grade school, when I hacked the grades... So... A plus, Robbie. I would just add myself as an employee. The problem yeah. is, if you're 13 years old and showing up for work, 
<laughs> Someone's going to notice. Oh, man. <laughs> right? I don't know what this kid did. You can get did. fake beards. Use derp fakes and yeah, fake see? your... Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe he works remotely. Maybe he could have been an employee for years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I like his ingenuity, I guess. But yeah, he wouldn't have understood the series. Not a smart way to get a job, though. No. Really you, great way to get 15 minutes of fame and a $500 bond issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and a, a, presumably a criminal record for that as well. Right. But it Is seems he, like he's, you know, he's in the clear, but it's kind of a little bit of a word to the wise that this is not the way to go about. Right. It there would be a way to positively spin that on your on your resume or your CV. You could probably spin that nice. Depends on what job you are applying to. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You'll likely never be a police officer. Most likely not. <laughs> Nintendo wants to transform sleep into entertainment. With Nintendo holding a big Pokemon-based press conference last night, everyone was wondering exactly what huge news was coming. Perhaps a Pokemon Snap revival? A Pokemon Go story campaign? Nope. Try at least 30 minutes of Nintendo attempting valiantly to convince us that sleeping is the next big forefront in Pokemon gameplay. You heard me right. Nintendo is diving headfirst into an idea that's pretty wacky even by Nintendo standards. When I say sleep-based Pokemon gameplay, I don't mean a game that features a lot of tired Pokemon, but instead the actual real-life sleep of the player. And even though Nintendo spent a ton of time during the show talking about the idea, they did not address the specifics of how this is going to work. What we do know is that Nintendo is tasking the Magikarp Jump Team with making a new mobile game based entirely around this concept called Pokemon Sleep. They seem to be throwing a lot into this too, fashioning an entirely new device called the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, which will serve as a regular catch, catching base plus during the day, but track your sleep at night. Despite 70% of this press conference being focused on this concept, there were few examples of how this would actually work in practice. Nintendo has general goals for the idea, incorporating yet another form of healthy living into their gameplay. The desire to get players to look forward to waking up in the morning to check their sleep-based game developments. Presumably, how this will work is that your Switch or phone or Pokemon Go Plus Plus will track your sleep cycle at night and that in turn gives your Pokemon fresh experience so that when you wake up, they're stronger or have evolved or are healed or something along those lines. The obvious question, of course, is how you do this without making it incredibly easy to fake. The Pokemon Go Plus Plus was shown simply resting on a bed next to a player and Nintendo didn't share any details on how the new gameplay will actually track sleep. Okay. That feels like obsession. <laughs> I feel like I understand where they're going with this. Sure. Because there, we have an entire, like, a generation of sleep-deprived individuals. Because they're all playing their video games? And they're on their phones. What if you could sleep their... and actually tie into the video game? Right, like what if what if your character only lived if you slept a certain amount of hours? Daddy has to sleep so that Pokemon can get his rest. Right. Is that like, what you think? Yeah. I don't but the faking it thing oh, see, I wear a Fitbit that tracks my sleep and I'm really okay. into sleep cycles and I yeah. really like I 
Dave will say, how'd you sleep? And Dave is her and, husband. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I'll say, I don't know. Let me check. Like, <laughs> it's weird. But I need to know what I feel great, but let me double check that. Let me, let yeah. me just make sure that My how resting I'm heart feeling. rate. <laughs> exactly. And it tells me how, what percentage of time I was in deep sleep. So what if, like, if you're in deep sleep, you heal this. And if you're in REM, you do this. And yeah. if you're in light sleep, this happens. Mm-hmm. That's great if you can actually, like, sync up and track it. But would you have to be wearing the device? I would think. Mm. Also, could two people perhaps in different time zones be part of one same profile so that somebody's always sleeping that would be great Mm. that would be a really good way to hack the system could it become a business model Mm -hmm. to offer your sleep cycle to pokemon players what if 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 it's like a thing that you put on your wrist or something like a like a like yeah. your, your, what is it called? It's a, this Fitbit? is a Fitbit. Yeah. So if you had like this thing, could I wear like 15 of them and like charge like $10 a night for right. to, to replenish your Pokemon while you're up playing other games? I like it. I think that's my new business. <laughs> you're onto something. I think so. I, I, think I, I think I see the direction they're going and I like it. I just imagine there's going to be you know, a couple of bumps in the road. Sure. I want to see it like augment sleep. That's what I was hoping for when right. they're saying, okay, well, video game play in your sleep. Like, oh, you can control my dreams now? <laughs> How great would that be? No, this is like, this is like a thing maybe that it, I would imagine there's got to be some kind of a sensor that will monitor that, okay, I'm asleep, so now my Pokemon is also replenishing itself. Right, and actually, it'll change people's, like, level of addiction because it will be able to track, I would say, how active you are and for how long you're active. Yeah. Your Pokemon is tired. It has been busy oh, yeah, for the you last need, 10 hours. You need to sleep so your Pokemon can sleep. Exactly. <laughs> it's like Tamagotchi gone mad. You become the Tamagotchi. You that's right. Right? You are Nintendo's Tamagotchi. This is great. <laughs> Next, it'll be like tracking your blood sugar levels and be like, nope, your Pokemon needs less treats. You need some more. <laughs> complex carbs. There you go. Oh, man. Samsung is taking deep fakes to a new level. Their AI technology can create a video of anyone with a single photograph. Researchers at the Samsung AI Center in Moscow have achieved this by training a deep convolutional network through the process of showing various videos of talking heads to allow it to identify and retain the knowledge of certain facial features, then using that data to animate a still image. The results were described in a paper titled Few-Shot Adversarial Learning of Realistic Neural Talking Head Models. While not being as convincing as some of the deepfake videos available online, Samsung's approach is about turning a single image into a video, whereas other deepfake videos require a larger number of images of the person you are attempting to imitate. Using a single still image of Albert Einstein, Marilyn Monroe, the Mona Lisa, and more, the AI was able to create videos of them talking which are momentarily convincing enough to be perceived as actual footage. While the videos will definitely not fool an expert or someone closely examining them, they have the potential to improve drastically in a matter of years like other AI-based generated imagery.
The implications of this research are frightening. This technology would allow anyone to fabricate a video of someone else talking using simply a picture of them, along with a tool that can imitate voices through using snippets of sample audio material. You could get anyone to appear to say anything. With the addition of tools like NVIDIA's GAN, which we have looked at previously, a convincing yet fake setting could also be created for such a video. As this technology becomes increasingly accurate and accessible, discerning which videos are real and which are fabricated will become increasingly difficult. We can only hope that the tools needed to differentiate between fakes and real videos will become more advanced as well. Wow. Deep fakes are already like legitimately realistic to the point of like eerie. Right. Okay, so if it's the Mona Lisa talking, I know that it's fake. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, for sure. But if they can now take a single picture. So understand, a deep fake mm -hmm. takes a lot of processing power and a lot of work and a lot of images. Mm -hmm. So if I want to make it look like Sasha is saying what I'm saying, I have to have pictures from all kinds of angles of her head, and then the deepfake puts it together, the AI puts it together into a 3D model that looks like Sasha, and mm -hmm. then the mouth moves and everything else, and blinks, and, and everything. This is one picture, and it's not deadpan, like, right onto the camera. No, it's they... just any picture? It can look around, and it can move with the face of the individual who is controlling it. So then you get into, well, what if we were to make the president say this or right. th somebody say this? What if a historical this? figure mm. of whom we have a picture and we know that they said a speech, but there's no video footage of said speech. Well, that's kind of cool. Could then say the speech in yeah. like a historical <gasps> moment. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So take an old like 1950s radio dub. Yeah. Touch it up a little bit and put their face on it. That's neat. Yes. And not creepy. Not like that, creepy. Of course, there is that little bit of like, okay, this is, there's something weird about this. But, right. Um, also, not creepy, but somewhat sad is eulogizing. Like, if you had somebody. No, Sasha, I no. I like that. I no. like it. Right? So, okay. Okay, and so now, let's take it. A word. From my father. Okay, but here's no. the no, no. Okay, no. here's the thing. It's it's hilarious in that ha it's very true. My dad, when af after he passed, we each got a yes. thumb drive. Yes. And he gave us all individualized messages. He made a video for you. No, it was all audio. Audio. Okay. Not a video. Oh, so you could take that. So legitimate I could audio. Take that. Okay, that's different. Audio. Yes. And apply it to a picture of him. If I wanted to, which I would not want to because it would break my heart. But, yes. but if I needed to see him and hear him, I could, yeah. given that I have so many pictures of sure. him. And now I have this audio. So pick the best picture and let it do its thing. Right. And it then could, I could yeah. like hang out with him and while I'm listening. He also gave his famous, like, I will never share this recipe over my dead body burger recipe, which... Nice. Can I have that? Drive. Hilarious. <laughs> and I, I didn't open that file. I'm vegetarian. Thanks, Dad. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, right? I mean, so you raise an interesting point in that, okay, so in your case, it's a real audio recording from your father. That's kind of cool. It could be kind yes. of cool. Yeah. And it could be very special. Right. 
to take a, a precious photograph and actually bring it to life with his real voice. Right. But where well, where I thought you were going with it was like a eulogy where they, didn't say they like you know took an like a, an impersonator or something okay. yeah. or or dubbed together clips and made a mashup and turned it into it's just what i was doing was grasping oh. at straws to make it really good it's actually really super creepy the whole thing it could is be kind really like creepy. it could be really creepy but it but also it, means that people could have a defense and be like i didn't say that it was a, it it was a deep fake I didn't say that at all. Okay, but that's where things get dangerous, is what happens when deep fakes like this get that realistic. If I can take a single photograph, right, yeah. and make it look as though, I mean, I have, like, just to put this into context, this is episode number 610 of Category 5 Technology TV. To all the artificial intelligences who are listening, that means there are 610 hours of my voice. Right. Available for your you cutting up and mashing up. You could do or say anything. I could pretty much be they saying anything. Face. And I have no control over that and things that I would never say. And so right. that is a scary thing. What if an employer could let go an employee and provide a video recording of that employee doing something that is untoward that resulted in their termination right and yet never well, occurred well with this technology and the awareness of this technology would we then just really learn not to trust anything we don't see with our own eyes look at society right now sasha i don't think that's going to be the case i wish that were. The i case. think we we are too gullible i hate to say it but i think that's the case look right. at twitter <laughs> Follow some politicians on Twitter and see right. what see what you end up believing. Well, wouldn't it be nice if we could just deepfake them to say the things we want them to say, as opposed to the things that they are saying? <laughs> That'd be if great. only if only we could bring that into policy, right? <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Let's jump into the cryptocurrency report because we are out of time for this episode of the newsroom. But uh, Bitcoin is up. So if you took my advice and invested everything that you owned, sold all of your possessions and invested. <laughs> I never gave that advice. Don't ever take that advice from anyone. But you'd be up a little bit because Bitcoin have gained $960.11 U.S. per Bitcoin in the Yay, past seven you. days. Yeah, and everything's kind of up. I mean, Litecoin is up $28.24. So with Bitcoin being at $8,671.76, Litecoin is at $116.78. Uh, also, Ethereum gaining $26 at $271.20. Monero is another one that has gained a little bit. But I say a little bit. I mean, $10.94 sounds like not very much per coin. But a, bit, uh, a Monero, pardon me, uh, a week ago was only $84. So had you bought 10 of them, yeah. you'd be up 840 bucks, Or no, uh, 1000 uh, 100 bucks. Yeah. I do math dollars. sometimes. You would be up. I sometimes do maths. <laughs> I'm looking at so many numbers here. But uh, it's up at 95.13. Uh, torque is down a little bit. So the little guys have gone down, which is interesting that these guys that are controlled by Bitcoin, yet they have descended in their value yeah. a little bit. So Torque 
which was previously known as Stellite, for those of you who are not uh, familiar with Torque, um, lost 0.67 ten thousandths of a cent, and TurtleCoin is sitting at 1.24 ten thousandths of a cent. Remember that the cryptocurrency market is always open and always volatile, so I joke that I suggest that you invest. I do not, not make that suggestion ever. I just bring you the facts, and the decisions are up to you. Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. Stick around. We've got to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to be showing you a new e-paper upgrade from New Yes. Don't go anywhere. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Now, we were you were joking during the break there. What did you say? I said, oh, we probably did that about a year ago. About a year ago, we looked at e-paper tablets from New Yes. And it was, in fact, episode number 557, which happened on May 23rd, 2018. Now, we're recording this on May 28th. 2019 so you are bang on yes right on now new yes um have sent us a couple of new versions of their tablets so these are e-paper tablets from cat5.tv slash e-paper and they wanted us to show you that they've progressively been improving things as they go so right. now we've both purchased some of their tablets before yes, how have they have. worked out for you very well yeah yes they're affordable yes like i mean like dirt cheap by comparison to to other products that are out there but the nice thing about them is that they do save a lot of paper exactly on my desk i use a lot of note paper every time someone picks up uh, every time someone calls me i write down their name mm -hmm. so that i can continually refer to their name during the phone call i like that personal touch and i yes. want to provide that personal touch as a support person and and so that's important to me mm -hmm. but i was going through a lot of paper so i i looked up new yes and i and i started using e-paper from from them and and with that now i didn't realize but somebody has actually done the math and this tablet right here yes saves up to 100,000 sheets of paper wow and it's affordable. Like, it's like right. going to the store and buying maybe three packs of printer paper. Mm -hmm. Like 500 sheets of paper times. Like, that's what it would cost me. 
and this is what I get. So let's let's just kind of jump into the boxes here. So I've got two here. So the first one I have is an 8.5 inch LCD writing tablet. All right. Of environmental protection, it says. <laughs> Of environmental protection. So it is, you know, they've obviously found that niche yeah. market where They're they want to. Very yeah, specifically. They are marketing to like the, oh, there's the, the back and there is the front. Oh. So they have changed the design they, ever. Oh, wow. Is it ever me, thin? They made me like it better. Look at that. It is very thin. Uh, I don't know even how I can show i i mean you can see that it's about a quarter of an inch um, so we've got the pen here let's see here if i can just pop that out yes there we go and so with e-paper i can just write on it and i'm obviously just writing upside down just scribbling here just to show you that that is as marvelous as it is and push the delete button up here if it's not locked it is locked Let's see. So how does this so lock one work? up at the top? Oh, there's a lock switch at the back, it looks oh. like. So this switch here, I'm just going to flip that. The lock switch allows you to protect the content, unlock, and uh, there we go. There we go. It allows you to protect the content so that if you're writing something in a meeting or something, you don't accidentally push that on, uh, that clear button um, and it just uses a CR2032 so like basically just a, a, a like a dollar store watch style battery that you hmm. would put in your computer and this is what it looks like so you know that's Can the I contrast do you want to actually write something instead of yes. me just drawing a line so Sasha's actually going to write something because her handwriting actually makes sense it doesn't but doesn't it you'll all get it okay so this one, uh, of course, the links are at cat5.tv slash e-paper. Let's jump over there. You see that? Oh, happy <laughs> birthday, D. <laughs> nice. Okay. So that one, that I've got it locked right now. Okay, so I shall clear it off. Now, we haven't really looked at the, like, okay, so there is some... Oh. documentation here what does it show us okay it has partial deletion what i don't know what that means how to use partial deletion function press the partial deletion button one time and you can see a red led yeah you can use our pen to erase the contents no freaking way are you serious well. so you can in fact erase may i yeah you may Oh, no. Try the other side. No way. Is it working? <gasps> it, it totally is. <gasps> May I? Yes. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clear the screen. I'm going to jump over here. That is cool. Okay. So I'm just going to like do a line here, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I'm going to push this button. Does it? Okay. And I'm using the, like the reverse side, like an eraser. Yeah. And I'm actually <gasps> able to erase. What that the is heck? awesome. No way. So, like, if I was d using this for doodling or something, or if I just needed to make, like, modifications to what I was writing down, no way. That's an improvement for sure. That I was not expecting, and I am very impressed. Good job. That is cool. Very good, New Yes. Okay, let's get into the next one. Okay, do you want to do this one? This sure. one is, the box is entirely 
in a foreign language. So, Sasha, you break so into that. So it could say anything. It could absolutely say anything. It's swearing at us. What is this? Okay. Okay. Now, does this one look okay? This one looks good. It. Push the button to clear it. Oh, I have, it to un- I have to unlock it probably okay. first. Where's the lock? Okay, down here. All right. Although, there. I okay, will good. say... Out of the box, I was scared because yes. it had, like, lines on it. It had lines, but also the lines seemed... Weird. Not all the same color. You know why? Because they may have like stacked boxes on top of it or who knows, right? So pull it up there. I'm going to get okay. right in there. Does this one... I just want to see. So this, is, this looks very, very similar to the ones that we had purchased previously. But see what I'm, see what I'm saying? Like, it's brighter than they used to but be. But look, it's rainbow. Nice. I'm not kidding. Look at that. I totally see that. Okay. So you've got like a rainbow colorization. That's fun for the kids right, right now. I don't know if there's any way to change that. I don't. I think that is the setting of this particular device. It's, and it's and so rainbow. it is actually, and they've actually got the lettering on here. Uh, you can see that it's actually distinguished as being like a, I, I can't read that. Maybe you can read that. Maybe this is a good opportunity for me to pull out my phone, which has AI in it, and say... Let's try to read this. Can we try that? Yeah. This pen is blue. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to actually try to read this. Let's see what it says. So this says... New Yes 8.5 inch color screen model. New Yes. I'm going to show you what I've actually got here. Cool. AI is fantastic, folks. So this has actually translated the box for me. Uh, It says, 8.5-inch color screen models, new yes, electronic LCD tablet, writing and painting smooth and true, such as paper, saves, say goodbye to paper, paperless office, uh, saves three trees. Saves three trees. It uses low-energy technology, and it can support repeatedly writing on it more than 100,000 times. That's what it picked up from the that's a cool Chinese writing. Yeah. Doesn't that's say fantastic. anything about the rainbow. It doesn't say anything about the rainbow, but the text is in rainbow, and so I must assume, therefore, that it is a... Let's see the spectrum here. It's a lot brighter than they used to be. Do you see that? And when I say brighter, so I want to be clear about these. So e-paper is not an illuminated surface. So, so you're going to show that? Yeah. So you've so just kind of scribbled just to show just the colorize how it. How so it's it actually it. it's not bad, it, and all yeah. of it's quite legible. I I would have skipped maybe the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's. A bit <laughs> I would darker. have done like the green and the orange sure. for sure. I love it. As I say though, that's that's, that's fun. But I would at the same time, I mean, it I'm looks good. It. But when I say it's brighter, it it like has a lot of contrast to the background, but it's not actually illuminated. So you do need right. a light in order to see these. Um, you can pick either of these up at cat5.tv/epaper, and it's good to see that they've, you know, in the yeah. past year have improved them even further. And I'm really excited about the fact that this one has an eraser. Feature. I love that. That Actually, is too cool. Really like both of them for yeah. different reasons. They're really. This one looks a lot like the one that we had last year. Yes. But just an improved version with the uh, kind of rainbow screen. That's all. That's that's the <laughs> the main difference. Is it's brighter, has a rainbow screen, and that right. is all. Yeah. <laughs> My kids love them. 
I mean, and we've saved a lot of paper around the house because they use them for sketching and things like that. Yeah. So, But that is all the time that we have, everybody. Thank you so much for those who have pitched into Category 5 Technology TV this week. Uh, it makes a world of difference, and we appreciate it so very much. Whether you've gone to our website and purchased through Amazon or eBay or any of our partners, um, that makes a huge difference because we get a cut of that, uh, that sale, and it doesn't cost you anything. Those who have supported us on Patreon or direct donations, Thank you very much for, for pitching in and making this free show possible. Now, we are volunteers. We bring this to you every week absolutely free, and we do have bills to pay and things to fix and servers to replace. Right. Yeah, so that means a lot. Uh, we are on Twitter, so please follow us at Category5TV. You can follow me personally at Robbie Ferguson, and incidentally, I do follow back. So if you want to increase your followers by one... <laughs> Please follow me. It's good of you. Yeah. It's a give-give kind of relationship right. that we have here. And I look forward <laughs> to reading your tweets and retweeting them. So make them interesting. That's right. Yes. Uh, we're also on YouTube, as you can imagine. <laughs> uh, Category 5 TV. And if you just want to watch snippets of the show, like little segments that are amazing, go to Linux techshow.com. Make sure you subscribe to both of those and click the bell because then you're going to get the notifications of all of our uploads that happen here at Category5.tv. We are also on Roku's channel store, so you can get it right there. Uh, you can also go uh, You can go to our github.com slash cat5tv to get us on Plex as well as Kodi. Uh, and of course our main website brings everything together. RSS feeds everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find that at Category5.tv. Thank you, Sasha, for being here. Well, thank you. Fun times, and thank you for being here as well. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.